Welcome to Imprint London. Um, and happy Father's Day, by the way. Um, happy Father's Day, come on, do more than that. Happy Father's Day. And uh, thank God that we serve a God who's also a father to the fatherless. Um, that for those who haven't got a father, um, God is a father of the fatherless. Um, and he is your father that you can trust. Um, and he's got your back. Amen. Amen. So um, I introduced myself earlier. My name is Joel, um, and I am the men's ministry leader here at Imprint. Um, I've been a part of this church since 2019, um, when it first opened. And it is such a privilege to be able to witness and be a part of what God's doing here. Um, Some of the testimonies that we've had throughout this week have really, really moved me. Um, God is really working in our community. Um, and so it's such a privilege to witness all of that and to be able to be a part of it. And so in light of that, I actually also want to share a testimony. I shared it earlier, but I want to share it a bit more in depth um, just to really encourage um, us. And so about a week ago, I made a really bad mistake, guys. Um, and this mistake I thought was going to cost me my job, my career, everything. Um, and um, essentially what happened was I was going through a season of just really feeling unfulfilled at work. Um, You know, there's times where something's just not clicking, Um, feeling unfulfilled, feeling like I wasn't in the right place. And one morning, I basically said to my manager, hey, I want to resign. Straight up, told him I want to resign. And he's confused, and he's wondering, where did this come from? Um, Because I'm someone who's usually very diligent, I'm very motivated. I'm the colleague at work who would be like, let's go team, we can do this, let's do it. And so there was no real sign that I was going to do this. So he was very confused, and his response was, look, Joel, I'm very sad to hear that. Could I please ask that you speak to this person before formalizing your decision? And so I say, yeah, let me do that. So I go to speak to this person. The person that he sent me to is someone who's really senior in the firm. Um, He sits on our exec board. And so I approach this person and I say, hey, this is what's happening. I'm not fulfilled right now. This is how I feel. And his response was... Joel, look, you're someone who's really valued in the company. Um, You're well regarded. You came in as a graduate. And ever since you've came in, you've had an impact on people. And we really appreciate you. And so he said, look, I want to give you two options. The first option is if you decide to stay, we can actually find you a new role in the firm and increase your salary next year. Immediately, I'm like, huh? (laughs) I can't lie, in my mind I was thinking, get behind me. (laughs) Um, I I really thought this is not of the Lord, Um, this is not what I'm feeling, this is not what I'm sensing. Um, So that was one of the options he gave. And then the other option he gave was that if you still decide to leave, you know, I sit on various charities, boards, and I can help you with Run With Purpose. For those who don't know, so I'm the co-founder of a charity called Run With Purpose. And what we do is we help men overcome mental health issues through running and socializing. 
And so he's like, I can help you with that. And in my mind, so I'm like, Lord, what is happening? Um, you know, and he says, look, sleep on it. And tomorrow when you're back at work, you know, let me know what you think. Let me know what your decision is. So I spoke to some friends. I, did I pray? I prayed. <laughs> I prayed and I decided I would stay. And so the next day, um, I told him, hey, I would like to stay. And he kept his promise. So he actually was able to find me a new role that would mean that I would get a salary increase next year. Praise God. And so on Thursday, I spoke to my new manager and I've been given a role that covers our clients in France and Belgium, and Belgium, which means that I also get to use my French at work. Praise God. And I'm also thanking God, stay with me guys, because my previous manager is still super supportive and is happy with the move as long as I trained a new replacement. Praise God. So God has really made a way on all sides. He took my mistake and turned it around for good. And I guess the encouragement that I want you to take from this testimony is that whatever mistake you've made, of course I'm not saying follow what I did and resign from your job. Whatever mistake you've made, what I am saying is that God is able to make things work for your good. You know, Romans 8 verse 28 says to us that, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so I want you to remember that his mercies are new every morning. And I want you to lean on the Lord and believe that he will make your path straight. Amen. Amen. So that's the testimony. That's the encouragement. Praise God. All right. Should we go into today's sermon? Amen. You still with me? You still with me? All right. So last week we started a new series um, titled Post Lockdown Christians, which is essentially looking at how we can better position ourselves as Christians as the restrictions are lifting and as we go back to a sense of normalcy. And Pastor Wally preached part one of this new series based on Deuteronomy chapter eight where we looked at Moses' instructions to the Israelites as they were about to enter the land of freedom. And Pastor Wale taught us that post-lockdown will mean that we have to be radically intentional in terms of our faith. And so we see that Moses' instructions to the Israelites is quite similar to what we're facing now, where we're about to enter freedom, we're about to enter post-lockdown. But we notice in Deuteronomy that it says... But the Lord says to be careful and to remember his commands and obey them. And Pastor Wale taught us that, hey, we're not to lose ourselves in the midst of the motives and the events that we see online. But rather, we are to be people who have specific portals that actually create room for us to hear God. And this is what I want to focus on today. So the title of my sermon is Creating Room to Hear God. So look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Say, neighbor. Look them deep in the eye. Say, neighbor. This summer, post-lockdown, you must create room to hear God. Did, did, did they hear? Did they take it in? <laughs> All right, so I've got 
I've got five scriptures for you. And the reason why I'm going to tell you them now is that I understand sometimes when you're listening to a sermon, it's easy to forget. And so I want you to write them because if you actually examine the scriptures, they really give you all that I'm speaking about today. And so the answers are in these scriptures. So the first scripture I want you to write down is Exodus chapter 4 from verse 1 to 4. The second scripture is Galatians chapter 2 verse 19. The third scripture is John chapter 15 verse 5. The fourth or penultimate scripture is Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. And then the final scripture you hear towards the end is Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Amen. Awesome. So the title Exodus comes from a Greek word which means going out, okay, going out. And essentially in this book, what we see is that the Lord set his people Israel free from slavery and he brought them out of Egypt, hallelujah. And we also read that in this book, Moses has many encounters with God. You know, we see him at the burning bush, who knows about that? We see him, you know, the staff that turns into a snake. Who knows about that? We see the encounter on Mount Sinai where he's given the Ten Commandments for the Israelites, right? And we also see um, him part the Red Sea so that the Israelites can walk through to freedom. And so the specific one that I really want to focus on um, for this sermon is his staff turning into a snake. And that's the first scripture I want us to read together. So Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. And essentially what's happening here is that Moses is about to go and speak to the Egyptians, to King Pharaoh, and he's essentially having a conversation with God. And so it says, Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Turn to your neighbor and say, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This is probably one of the weirdest scriptures uh, that you will read. We've just read about a staff, something that is dead, something that isn't living, turned into a snake, something that's alive. How weird is that? But I believe there's actually a symbolic uh, message here for us to take hold of if we are to create room to hear God. You know, it's what we notice today is that, and I guess from a long time ago, uh, people in particular professions are recognized by specific uniforms that they wear, right? And so if you're a scientist, they're recognized by a particular uniform. Police officers are recognized by particular uniforms. Stay with me. Scientists and so on, firefighters and so on. And the reason why I tell you that is because similarly with Moses, his staff was what you can call his uniform. 
and his staff represented his identity as a shepherd, his income, as well as his influence and knowledge. Mm. But yet God says to him, throw it down. Turn to your neighbor again and say, throw it down. And when he does that, we see this stuff come to life. And similarly, my message to you is this. You see, if we are to create room to hear God, we must be willing to lay down our income, our knowledge, our self-pursuits, our ambitions, and at times even a worldly identity that we've taken on. Amen? Stay with me. Above our job titles, above our education level, above our status, above our background, our Instagram bio. All right, above our Twitter bio, above our WhatsApp status, you see, we are first and foremost children of God. And what we see happen in Exodus is as Moses throws that underground, it becomes alive into a snake. And the reason why I believe this is symbolic is that when we take who we are, when we take what we do, when we take uh, 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 what we have, the Lord actually turns it alive. In other words, when we surrender ourselves to the Lord, he turns us alive for his purposes. What's interesting is that if you read on later on to Exodus chapter 14, and you can read this in your own time, is we see Moses using the same stuff to lead the Israelites through the Red Sea and out of slavery. When we lay down and surrender to God who we are, what we know, what we have, what we've always known, he brings it alive for his purposes. Amen. You and I are children of God. And I want you to take this in Galatians chapter 2 verse 19. Let's read. It says, and this is Paul speaking, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You and I, as children of God, we are carrying the living God inside of us. And so that means that we don't just get to live as we please any longer. Right? We don't just get to live based on our own accord. Right? And the reason why I tell you this, and this is the next scripture, John chapter 15 verse 5 Jesus speaking, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then take this in. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The Lord really spoke to me here. <laughs> Apart from me, he didn't say apart from me, you might be able to, no. apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, our standard is different to the world. We don't get to make decisions like the world does. We do life with Christ in us and we do life based on his word. And so when I'm talking about laying down, hear this, you could also see it as, let's get practical, decisions. You see, I believe your decisions 
prove your heart posture. It's very easy to repent, but repentance doesn't stop there. It actually goes deeper to a change of decisions, a change of actions. And so my question to you is, do you factor God in your decisions at all? Over the past few years, um, I've learned to do this thing in meetings at work where um, I just observe. I just observe. And I've learned something in that when you observe, and I think I call this um, room temperature, but not in terms of like the room, but just more so in terms of how people are feeling. And when you observe something in meetings, you notice that some people may not feel that included. Um, They may not be totally present. Um, It might be because their names haven't been mentioned um, or for other reasons, right? And I think I was thinking about this the other day as I was preparing, and it dawned on me that could this be how God feels with some of the decisions that we make? In that we're making decisions, but we're not saying, God, what do you think? God, what's your take on this? Post lockdown, <laughs> I mentioned there's going to be a lot of excitement. Um, there's going to be a lot of motives, events. But I actually believe that Pastor Wale mentioned this. It's an opportunity for us to be radically intentional in our faith. And so God wants us to remember him and who we are in the decisions that we make. Let's go to the next scripture. In Daniel we read about how Daniel and his friends were Jewish exiles in Babylon, uh, where they were surrounded by what you can call, you know, a secular and hedonistic society. But yet we find something in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, and this is the next scripture. It says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. I want to read that one more time. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. What we see here is that Daniel, he's surrounded by secularism. But yet we see that Daniel determines in his heart not to defile himself. And I think this is important because oftentimes it's not always about whether or not we're physically somewhere, right? It's not about whether or not we are with someone, right? Sometimes it's actually the temptations right here. And so I believe the reason why this is important is because here it's saying it's not about Outside, It's not about the external, but it's about heart posture. And I believe that this summer, we must take the same posture that Daniel did, where we determine in our hearts not to defile ourselves. One of my friends, um, a very close friend of mine, um, we, 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 we went to the gym and after our gym session, 
um, he, he asked me, hey, uh, you know, me and a few friends, this is what we're getting up to um, over the weekend, um, what are you saying? And in that moment, um, I just felt this kind of stir within me to ask God right there and then, Lord, should I go to this? And the Lord said, no, don't. And um, he was actually quite surprised. He was like, oh, rah, um, what, so you're not rolling with a, with a mandem? <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, bro, so sorry, I can't. Um, and later that evening, I went away thinking about it. Um, and the Lord revealed to me that as Christians with the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that is what we must cultivate more and more. That at times it's not just immediately saying yes to something, but it's actually from a heart posture, Lord, what are you saying right now? Lord, should I go ahead with this or not? So our heart postures must be to the Lord. The other thing that I want to mention is that if we are going to create room to hear God, you and I, we need to build structures in our lives to allow room for God to speak. And we've heard this so many times. We need to build structures in our lives to allow room for God to speak. And what I find interesting in Jesus' ministry is this. If we can go to Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, But Jesus often withdrew to lowly places and prayed. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Do you often withdraw to lonely places to pray? How often do you pray? It's interesting to notice that it says often. It says often. And so my challenge to us is that let our quiet time with the Lord not just be on Monday and then the rest of the week we don't speak to him in the morning or in the evening. But let our quiet time with the Lord be something that is often. Right? Something that is often. It's not just once in a week, but it's actually frequently. We are constantly making room for God to speak in the secret place. And the reason why that's important because it's... <laughs> How easy is it to get sidetracked? How easy is it to get sidetracked? You know, we live in what they call the information age, where we have information left, right, and center everywhere. And so we are bombarded with so much noise. And I believe the time that we are in, it is so crucial that we are spending time in the presence of the Lord. And so... I just mentioned prayer life, but I also want to mention something, and we've touched on this, which is cruise. Which is cruise. You know, we are so blessed to be part of a church where we can actually gather um, and, and be able to talk about the word, be able to talk about what we learn on Sundays. And I actually have a testimony from this, actually. This entire word that you're listening to came from one brother in my cruise called Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> 
So what happened was, um, it was one particular day, uh, literally this week, I was like, hey, I, I, I don't know, you know, God's kind of giving me um, direction and, you know, the title and some hints in terms of the message, but I haven't actually got it together together. Um, and he looked at me and he literally shared something that really moved me. And it's almost as if inside I heard the Lord say, that is it. There was this nudge that that is it. And I actually told him, bro, and I really want to honor him. Dwayne, you are a man of God. You are a man of God. You are a man who hears God. I am so encouraged by you. You are a blessing. Um, and I, I could never, ever forget that moment. <laughs> and so let's please give it up to Dwayne. Please, please, please. Well, you know, imagine now I didn't attend cruise that day. <laughs> imagine I didn't attend cruise that day. I'll probably be here, you know. <laughs> and so this is why we must be in community. And I really want to encourage us. And I know we're all busy. I know, you know, we've all got many things on, but we must be in community. It doesn't just end on the Sundays. During the week, we must make room through crews to actually have conversations, to pray together, to encourage one another, to pray, to worship, and be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And so, I'm going to go over my points again, um, the, key, the key points, and then I want to pray for us. So the first thing that I said is, if we're going to make room to hear God, we need to lay down. We need to throw it down as we see in Exodus. And then I said, if we're going to make room to hear God, we really need to ask God into our decisions. If we're going to make room to hear God, like Daniel, we need to determine in our hearts that, Lord, we're going to live for you no matter what's around us. And if we're going to make room to hear God, we really need to have the right structures in place. We need to have a prayer life that's consistent. We need to be in the word. We need to be in crews. And we need to turn up on Sundays with smiley faces. Thank you, guys. I just want to pray for us. Father, thank you because your spirit lives on the inside of us. Uh, your word says that Christ lives in us, the hope of glory. Your word says that your spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells inside of us. And I thank you, Lord, because even despite what's around us, we have the privilege to be your sons and daughters and to live life according to your word. I pray for every single one of us right here, Lord, under my voice. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name, 
I pray for those who may be in seasons where they don't feel like they can hear you. I pray, Father, that you would revive your voice inside them. I pray for clarity, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, even amongst the temptations that are all around us, all that is to come in post-lockdown, Father, I pray, keep and protect us. I pray, Father, that we will be people like Daniel who will be bold enough to say, no, 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 I cannot have that. Father, we will be people, oh God, who will be bold in our faith. That, Father, we will be people, oh Lord, who will determine to live lives that glorify you, oh God. That glorify you, oh God. I pray, Father, for every single individual. I pray for those who may be wary right now, Father. Those who may be feeling like, how much longer until I get to see or do things that I've been wanting to do over the past year before lockdown. Those who are wary, those who are out of strength, Lord God, I pray for strength to arise in them right now, Lord. Strength to arise in them right now, God. Those who are fatigued, Lord God, I pray, let your power revitalize them in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I speak your rest. Holy Spirit, your rest upon every individual. Your rest, oh God. Your rest, oh God. I pray for a sound mind. A sound mind. A sound mind. A peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Lord God, meet every person in their place of need right now, Jesus. Jesus.